You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. How to find direction in life is the title of the message. I was talking to Maya, my oldest daughter, and I was explaining to her how we used to watch movies at home way back in the day. I told her, Maya, there was a time in history where you would go to a store, and in that store there would be DVDs, and these DVDs would be in boxes all around the store. There would be shelves around the walls, shelves in the middle of the store, popcorn, drinks everywhere, and you would go, and you would have to block out a night. And just to pick a movie, it would be like two hours. And you go out, and then, and then uh, you got to pay like $10 a day to have the movie at, at your house, and then you forget to return it, and you basically own it. But not really because you got to bring it back. Those were the days, Maya. <laughs> so the other day we were having a similar talk about how things used to be back in the day. And Alini turned to me and she asked me, can you name 10 things that have become obsolete in our lifetime, in our generation? So we started naming things. We started naming like the rotary phones. I don't know if you guys remember rotary phones. But when I was growing up, that's what we had. Like the dun, Remember that? Where like you got to get the first numbers right, but then you start getting anxiety toward the end because if you, if you mess up the last one, it takes another three minutes for you to go to all over again. Yeah, rotary phones are not around anymore. VHS tapes, cassette tapes, typewriters. We started naming all these things. Alini named the Walkman. Who, who remembers the Walkman? Come on, man. I used to have this Walkman, this blue Sony Walkman, and I had a tape of, what, Guns N' Roses in there, and I would ride my bike, you know. Man, it was the jam. And you had to turn it around, you know, because it wasn't auto-reverse. The auto-reverse was a really, really trendy one. I'm, 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 I'm having fun up here. It's not even part of the message. <laughs> Yes. Uh, you know, one of the things that I've noticed that is becoming obsolete, it's basic questions in introduction. Nowadays, there can be a time, there can be a moment where we meet somebody and you don't really know how much they know about you. Because if somebody comes up to you and say, hey, it's really good to meet you in person. When they say in person... I don't know if you think about this, but when people say in person, I'm like, how much of my, how far down my Facebook wall did you go? How did, how long did you scroll on my Instagram? What do you need to know? The question that you got to ask is, what don't you know about my life? You know, person goes like, it's so nice to meet you in person. Happy anniversary, by, by the way. Hey, I love Joshy in those Instagram stories. You haven't even met him. Don't call him Joshy, okay? Relax. It's that fine line between being flattered and being creeped out, you know, when, when you meet somebody nowadays. And I'll tell you one more thing that I'm, I've noticed that, that it's basically disappeared. People asking for directions on the street. 
You're walking down the street and somebody stops you and says, hey, how do I get to such and such, such place? Nobody does that anymore. Have you noticed that? Everybody has their pocket robots. They're trusting their ways and the Google Maps. And there's something that, that I miss about people asking for directions on the streets. Those little moments where humanity just comes together and goes like, hey, I can't get to where I'm going without you, man. Like, I need you. I don't know you. I don't know your name. But I don't know everything. And I need your help. Like, we need each other. That was, I know it's, it's random, right? It, it sounds random. But that was, growing up, that was, I believe, that was the main thing that informed me, informed me as a child. Like, we need each other. And when you meet a stranger, you help each other. When we meet somebody that you've never met before, the first response is to help. And uh, we don't have that anymore. But that's not the only thing. Those are not the only things that, are, that become obsolete in life. You know, things pass away. Things become obsolete. Not only technology, not only devices, not only products, but ideas become obsolete. Dreams become obsolete. Relationships become obsolete. Passions become obsolete. And in that process, when things become obsolete, you can feel lost. You can get to a place in life where you feel lost. Maybe it happened to you. You know, you look back and you think, when I was in that job doing that thing, man, I felt like I had direction in life. I felt like my life was going somewhere. Now the company closed down and I feel kind of lost. You know, maybe, maybe you're thinking of a season in your life where, where you sense you were going somewhere. But now you're going like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going. I don't really know. I don't really have direction in life. Maybe it was a relationship that you look back when that relationship was healthy. When we were in our sweet spot, then I felt like I was going somewhere. Like, like my life was moving toward something. I was on the right track. But then things took a turn. Got unhealthy, and now, now I'm kind of lost. I don't really know where to go. See, there will be times in life where you will feel lost. You'll feel like you're lost. And maybe it'll be a general sense of, of, law, of, of being lost, just generally. Or maybe it'll be a specific area in your life. You know, lost in your finances, lost in your health, lost in your relationships, lost in your career, not really knowing what decision to make and where to go. And what we need to remember, what we must remember is this, is that every one of us, we were designed with a compass on the inside. You have a true north. God designed you with, with a compass on the inside. You know, the Gospels are full of stories of people that were lost. And then they encountered Jesus and something changed. Things shifted. And one of these people uh, was Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a rich man. That's the first description that you uh, find about him in scriptures. He was rich. And we discovered too that he was dishonest. He was not an honest man. He was not a good man. But he was a rich, rich man that was seeking Jesus. Scripture says that he was looking to see Jesus. He wanted to see Jesus, but he was a short man. He was uh, uh, low in stature, the scripture says. So he decides to climb a tree. He does something that rich people don't generally do. He goes out and he climbs a tree because he's desiring to see Jesus. You know, and something incredible happened when he took, when he took that step. When he decided to climb the tree and he climbed the tree, something amazing happened. Not only did he see Jesus, but Jesus saw him. 
Jesus saw him. And when Jesus saw him, against everything that was socially acceptable, because Zacchaeus was not liked by the people around Jesus, Jesus looks at him and says, Zacchaeus, I want to come to your house. I want to come into your life. I want to go to your house and, and, and have dinner with you. And just that action of Jesus walking into his life, walking into his situation, walking into his environment, being his guest, that interaction of him receiving Jesus and inviting Jesus into his house delivered him. Zacchaeus was delivered from greed. In, uh, the scripture says that he told Jesus that everything that he had, half of everything he had, he would give to the poor. And if he had defrauded anybody, he would pay them back four times. And this is what Jesus said. Luke chapter 19, verse 9 and 10. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house. Since he also is a son of Abraham, for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. Those two words right there are very connected. Salvation and save. Salvation means deliverance. Preservation. To save means to rescue. To keep safe and sound. And what Jesus is saying and telling us is that direction, finding direction in life begins with salvation. See, uh, Zacchaeus was lost in his passions. He was lost. He needed to see Jesus in that moment. He was found. And some of you, that's where you are. You know, there's something in your life that's keeping you from rising. Something in you that's not quite right. You might be successful in some areas, but there's something in you that's saying, you know what? I need a change. Some of you plan in simple. You just need Jesus. You need some Jesus in you. You need some, the life of Jesus in you. Plain and simple. You're still up on that tree. And maybe for some of you, coming to Connect Community is your, is your way of climbing that tree. Going to a Connect group is your way of climbing the tree. And you've been going up the tree to see Jesus and you get to see Jesus. But the moment He asks to come into your life, come into your heart, come into your situation, you, 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 you don't know what to do. You know, and maybe Jesus has asked to come into your life. Let me encourage you today. Let Him in. Let Him walk into your situation. Let Him speak in your heart. And, and you will see salvation. You know, if you're still lost, you need that. That's the first, very first step. Scripture says in Proverbs 19, uh, 16, 9. The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. You know, some of you are great planners. You know how to plan. But you still haven't gotten to the point where God gets to establish your steps. And that, that step begins with salvation. Once that's taken care of, once you have a clear relationship with God, once you understand that God formed you, that He made you, you know, and then that He put things in you, then there are three things that I want to give you today. Three steps on how to find direction in life and this will be very useful for you for the remainder of your time on this planet first step you got to discover your calling you know if you're trying to find direction in life you got to discover your calling some of you <clears throat> you are great 
at researching and finding methods and steps and things. I mean, you've watched videos, you have watched TED Talks, you have read self-help books, you have researched what every successful person does, and you have seven lists of seven things. That's what? 49 things. That you can do principles of success. You've started meal plans and reading plans and fitness plans. And you've started things that will, they're supposed to get you on a track. But you still feel lost. It's like you're living somebody else's life. It's like you're, you're cooking with somebody else's recipe. And it's okay, but it's not really your life. You don't feel like you've clicked that's because you're living and you're trying to get tools, but you don't really know your calling. You don't really know what you are meant to do. You don't really know your makeup. See, that's why we're starting a starting point today. We're beginning starting point. And, and if that's you, the starting point is for everybody. But if that's you, if you're really like trying to find your calling, that's a great place to begin. It's, it's a place to explore your callings. But you need to find your calling. And this is... You know how you find your calling. Your calling will, will be at the intersection, at the connection of your gifts and talents, the things that you have in you, the things that are in your hands, and responsibility. See, you have gifts and talents in you. God has placed gifts and talents in every single one of you. Whether you have already tapped into them and you already know what they are or they're still in there, you have gifts and talents. I heard it said this, everybody is a 10 in some area of their lives. And I believe I'm looking at people here who have gifts and talents who are 10s. And whether you've discovered that or not, you know, it's, that's the process. That's what you got to find out. You got to discover what your gifts and talents, your makeup, the things that you have on the inside. But God has not just given you gifts and talents. He has given you also responsibility. In other words, what you are meant to do with it, the things, how you're meant to engage it, what you are supposed to do with it, not just to use it for yourself, not just to use it for your needs and for your greeds, but how to impact the world. And that's the responsibility that you got to connect with. Now, we all have a collective responsibility, right? We're all called to do good and to extinguish evil. We have a collective responsibility. We also have a mutual responsibility to those closest to us, you know, to support each other, to keep each other accountable, to have a, a people around us that we, you know, can, can make sure that they're doing well, but also that can look into our hearts and make sure that we are in check. We, we have mutual responsibility of forgiveness, to forgive each other so that we can continue to live a life in harmony. But you and I, we both have a personal responsibility to do what we are meant to do with what we have been given. To engage our calling and to do what we are supposed to do. So you will not discover your calling by simply being aware of your gifts and talents. You might know that you're really good at something. You might realize that, you know, you have a neck for certain things, that, that there's something in you that, is, that, that it's, it comes at ease, like it comes ease to you, easy to you. But you will discover your calling when you attach that to some kind of responsibility, something that, that gives you a drive to do something for the world or for somebody else. And I've never met somebody who has discovered their calling. They have found it and feel lost in life. 
And it's still looking for a direction. I've never met anybody in that position. Typically, when you have discovered your calling, the, the, the difficulty that you will have is how am I going? Like, which way am I going to go? Like, how, how am I going to engage? I have multiple options to do something good with what I have. When you hone in your calling, you will have direction. Second step, once you know your calling, is this. And I've said it. It's to engage it. You know, once you've discovered it, once you've discovered your gifts and talents, and you've attached it to responsibility, you've gotten that sense of responsibility, then you got to embrace it. you got to invest in it. you got to do what you can to develop it. You have to engage it. Engage your calling is the second thing. The scripture tells us that Jesus continued when he was with Zacchaeus to share a parable. And we can assume that he was still in that dinner party, that he was still there. And he shares this parable, I want to read it to you, about, about 13 verses in Luke chapter 19, starting on verse 12. This is what Jesus shared with the people that were there with him. He said, a nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and then return. Calling ten of his servants, he gave them ten minutes. And he said to them, engage in business until I come. When he returned, having received the kingdom, he ordered these servants to whom he, <clears throat> he ordered the servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him, that he might know what they had gained by doing business. The first came before him, saying, "Lord, your mina has made ten minutes more." And he said, "Well done, good servant, because you have been faithful in a very little. If you can underline that very little right there, you shall have authority over ten cities." And the second came saying, Lord, your minna has made five minutes. And he said to him, and you are going to be over five cities. Then another came saying, Lord, here is your minna, which I kept laid away in a handkerchief. For I was afraid of you because you are a severe man. You take what you did not deposit and reap what you did not sow. He said to him, I will condemn you with your own words, you wicked servant. You knew that I was a severe man taking where I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you not put my money in the bank and at my coming I might have collected with interest? And he said to those who stood by, take the minute from him and give it to the one who has 10 minutes. It's an interesting parable because a minna, a minna is three months worth of salary, worth of wages. It's Relatively insignificant. It's a season. It's one season. See, this is what it teaches us. You will, not, you will not start at the top. Most likely when you discover your calling, you will not have all the resources. You will not have all the, the, the staff and, and the things that you need to develop it. That's because God is setting you up to succeed. See, he's not setting you up to fail. He's setting you up to succeed. And my encouragement to you today, when you engage your calling, is this. Approach it with humility. You know, don't approach your calling as an expert. Engage it as a student. You know, begin, engage it as a student. Because you're never too old to be a student, really. The opportunities God will give you to develop your calling will most likely be in obscurity. Most likely, you will not be seen. Most likely, you know, he's going to give you opportunities to serve. He's going to lead you places where you will not be seen, where you will not be noticed, 
or you will not be praised. He's going to place you in situations that might be uncomfortable. But keep working at it. Keep engaging it because he is developing you. Notice that the, in the parable, the master says, well done, good and faithful servant. He says, you have been faithful in a very little, very little. And some of you, you sense that you have a calling. Maybe you have a dream to do something. Maybe you have a dream to, to work uh, with your talents and, and begin an organization. Or, you know, let's say if you have a dream to serve and, and run orphanages for children, it is likely that God will not give you all the money and all the staff tomorrow. It's very likely that he's going to nudge you to serve in the children's ministry or to volunteer in a school or to uh, help in a foster home. See, God will give you little. He will give you only a little and he will leave you to it. And some of you, you are aware that you have a, a little. And you look at your little and you think, it's, it's a very little. It's only a little. And you're waiting until you get more so you can do something about it. Let me encourage you with this. God gave you a little on purpose. He gave you a little on purpose. Because when, you, when, when God is for you and you have discovered your calling, a little is all you need. A little is a perfect beginning. A little is a perfect start. So embrace that little. You know, work that little. Do what you can with that little. Before long, it'll grow. There's only one thing we learn in the scripture that we can't do. There's one thing that we should not do. And that is to despise the little. It's to look at the little and think you can't do anything with it. See, Scripture teaches again and again that God always begins with little. There, there are things that He begins in our life. It begins with little. It's an idea. It's a seed. It's a thought. It's an inspiration. It's a talent. And as you work it, as you engage it, as you apply your gifts and your talents and your responsibility to it, it grows and it grows and, 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 and you perfect it. And every day you've got to move it. Every day you've got to engage it. Every day you have to do something with it. See, that's what happened to our friend Nayara. See, when, she, when we first met her about four years ago, you know, she was lost and she was searching. She wanted you know, to find her calling in life. And God wasn't really an active part of her life. She had friends that had invited her to church. But for a long time, it didn't really make much sense to her. You know, she grew up Muslim and her relationship with God was a little bit different. So it was difficult for her to connect or make a clear connection between church, Jesus, God, and her future. Those things were independent. They were not really connected. Before we even launched this church, before we even began Connect Community, she went out for coffee with my wife Alini. And they were you know, having coffee and talking. And she came in ready to hear some rules. So she asked Eleni, like, what do I need to do? Like, well, do I need to give up anything? Eleni was like, you just come with an open heart. She said, what do I need to change? What do I need to quit? Give me the list. Eleni was like, there's, there's not really no list. She said, do I need to, I, I have, I, I, do I need to stop dating or do I need to stop drinking? Eleni asked her, do you want to stop dating and stop drinking? She said, no. Like then, just, just come along. Come along for the ride. Let's do this walk together. And she did. She connected. 
week in and week out. She joined a team. She joined a connect group. She began serving. You know, and it wasn't overnight, but Nayara continued to seek God right here in this place. She came back every week. She was connecting the groups. And she went through seasons. Seasons that were high and seasons that were low. You know, she had seasons where she didn't really feel like pursuing God. And she had seasons where her job didn't allow her to come on Sunday mornings or to connect to a connect group. But she pressed through it. Even in those moments, she fanned, fanned the flame. And until a few months ago, when it all came together and it all clicked in Ayara's life. You know, she, she realized, she discovered, and she had clarity in her giftings. She had clarity in her sense of responsibility. And she began to put those two together. And she found her calling. See, Nayara is a talented writer. And she's a talented creator. And she joined our media team and began to serve and produce videos and, and create content for the church. It's just the beginning. And you saw her up on the screen earlier. It's just the beginning. But her role is growing by the day. And she's engaging in it. And she has uh, started an internship. And she's watching videos and buying courses and doing things. She is investing herself in it. And I'm excited to see what, where God is going to take her because she is engaging her calling. She's found direction. And I'll encourage you to do the same thing. Once you find it, it might, it might feel like very little. You know, in Ayara's life, she looks at these amazing productions and content and, and it's easy for her to feel like what she has is very little. But you got to work at it. And she's working at it. And I want to encourage you to do the same. So you discover your calling and you engage it and you give it your best. And the third thing, the third step I want to give you to find direction today is this. you got to stay in your calling. I know it sounds similar, but it's different. People underestimate the power of staying. You know, and some of you, you look at your circumstances and you feel down. And the pessimism in your life minimizes what God is doing through it because you look at the negative negative circumstances and and that overshadows what's happening on the inside if you were to pause and mute the negative voices if you were to pause and not look at, at the thing that's trying to bring you down if you were to pause and look at yourself you would see that you were better today you would see that God is developing you you would see that you have come a long way and that he is taking you Somewhere, you know, don't minimize what God is doing. You might say, if I were living my calling, I'd be living by the water right now. In my big house. If I were living my calling, I would have a million followers on Instagram. If I were living my calling, I'd be the head of my own business. But I'm just a manager. If I were living my calling, I would be higher up. If I were living my calling, I'd be making more money. What is your if? You know, what if you just looked at yourself and what God is doing in you and you realized that He is working in you? You know, stay in your calling. I can tell you from experience, you can't arrive unless you stay on course. You can't arrive where you're going unless you stay on course. See, in the parable... The master said, faithful, you have been faithful in very little. It is faithfulness that will get you there. 
It's not how many followers you have, how much money you have. It's faithfulness that will get you there. The faithfulness of that servant took him over 10 cities. You don't know what God has up ahead. You don't know what's, it could be tomorrow. It could be next year. You don't know where, when God will walk into your life and say, you have been faithful. Here's your reward. All we can do is stay with it and keep uh, at it. You know, whatever season you are in life, whether you are picking your college degree, stay in your calling. Maybe you're deciding your career, stay in your calling. Maybe, you know, you're, you're planning your third act. You know, stay in your calling. Your calling is not going to look the same in every single season. But if you engage it and if you stay with it, you will see the fruit. You stick with it. You know, see, I've had, I say, I told you personally, because I've had many jobs. I've worked with many people. But I've had one calling. So in my life, every single stage of my life is all connected because of this calling. My wife and I, we have been working our calling together in ministry for 18 years. Since we were 18 years old, so you can do the math. You know our age now. And yes, I'm the younger one. We've been at it for 18 years. And guess what? We still feel like we're just starting out. We, we feel refreshed. We feel rejuvenated. We feel like God has so much in the future. We feel like this new challenge of being here together has so much potential. We have so much expectation for what's ahead, for what God is going to do here in Stanford through Connect Community in Fairfield County, West Chester County, Connecticut, Northeast America, the world. Come on, somebody. We feel refreshed. See, and, and that hope. That hope that God is doing something and He's taking us. Let me tell you, it just, it just fuels you from the inside. It gives you the fuel to do your very best right now. So stay with it. Stay in your calling. You know, maybe you're here this morning and, and you have lost your hope and you've gotten tired. And you have looked at your calling and felt like, you know, if, I, if, I, if this was really my calling, I'd be further ahead now. I, I, would, I would have seen more results. And maybe you shelved it. Maybe you put it out. You know, let me encourage you. Today is your time to re-engage it. Because you cannot fulfill your calling. And nobody else can fulfill your calling. You cannot fulfill your calling if you just put it aside. And you will not be fulfilled unless you have it. Unless you work it. It's time for you to re-engage it. You have a call to fulfill that is only yours. And God has ordained it. See, if you need direction, these are my three encouragements for you today. you got to discover your calling. Maybe that's where you are. Maybe some of you, you don't know what your calling is. And you got to discover it. you got to work at discovering your calling, your gifts and talents, and the responsibility, what God has for you to do on this planet. Maybe you know the two then you got to take the next step, which is engage your calling. Do what you can to develop it. Go as hard as you can and do the job. Do the work. Trust in it. Don't look on the outside. Don't look at the circumstances. Look in what God has already ordained because what He has spoken hasn't come to pass yet. So people around you can't see it. And you might be discouraged if you listen to the voices of people who can't see it, but you can see it. So engage it.
Work at it. And if you are there, stay in it. Don't get discouraged. You know, it might take a long time. It might feel like a long time. But in due season, you shall reap if you do not faint. That's what the scripture says. And I believe God will take you where you need to go. But it all begins with salvation. Do you receive it this morning? Amen.